0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Jokic needs an assist for a triple-double, hands it off to Murray. Two dribbles, hands it off behind him to Christian Brown, back over to Jokic. Jokic down back over to Murray at the mid-post. Spin move on Payne. Head fake, up under jumper, Fakes it up and in, and that-
1: Double for Nikola
0: Jokic. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu.
1: Oh, we got a lot of NBA playoff stuff where that came from. Nikola Jokic had a triple-double yesterday, but didn't
2: when, matter. When does he not have a triple-double?
1: Oh, there are times. There are times when he doesn't have a triple-double. But it is it is rare where someone gets a triple-double and their team loses, um, which I, I don't know if that is a... Slap in the face to the Nuggets. Mm. Or if that is a credit to the Phoenix Suns, that uh they could withstand a Jokic triple double and win a game. Um, but that's a series that is uh is gonna go to a key game six. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh we're watching playoff basketball, the Knicks and the Heat. The Knicks trying not to lose to an eight seed uh <laughs> and, and lose that series. We got Lakers Warriors coming up. That's on our sister station CBS fifteen hundred coverage at three thirty. Hunter and I are here at a beer lab. We're at the uh, University Tap Room because we've got uh, extra readings with Rich Hill coming up a little bit later on. So we're just like killing time uh, because, you know, I, I I can't go from the studio to here in five minutes, uh, not with Honolulu traffic. That's right. So, uh, you know, just do the show from here. Have some fun. Uh, watch some hoops. Uh, have a good time. And in today's edition of the show, we also talk a little bit about uh, what we've learned about the athletic director situation at the University of Hawaii.
2: Boom, boom, boom.
1: It, it was not all that exciting. I know. Uh, <laughs> <I'm>
2: trying <laughs> it, to create some drama over here. No,
1: that, that, that's, it's good. Because I remember we, we <laughs> talked about it yesterday, and we were like, okay, we have a little bit of news. And, it, and I, I, I had a feeling it was going to be one of those informational sessions that— uh, I got excited, though. Did you? When you told me, you're like, oh, we we have some news. Oh, uh, maybe I did embellish it a little bit when I got the email. But you know what it is when you when you're looking at your email, then all of a sudden, you know, it goes and it pops up on your on your computer, and you're like, and it says ad. Ad. Your eyes get big. Totally. Like, Finally. Yes. You've got ad news, and it's it's actually really a media informational session um, for us, and which. I'm not knocking it at all. I'm not. Um, it, it, I appreciate the fact that um, you know University of Hawaii Communications reached out to us and wanted to give us a little bit of their time mm-hmm. to tell us how the process works, what's different about this process, and what we can expect um, Friday and next Thursday because those are the two key dates now. This Friday, between nine and eleven, mm-hmm. and next Thursday. At the end of the board of regency. So here's the breakdown uh, for those of you who are just tuning in. Um, the, the hiring, and this is where the hiring process is different. When David Matlin was hired, the University of Hawaii had a chancellor, and the athletic director reported to the chancellor. The chancellor reports to the president. The president then reports to the board of regents. In the University of Hawaii system, and I don't know what it's like elsewhere, I'm not trying to compare or anything, but any hiring decision is made one step above. Hmm. So when David Matlin was hired, it was the chancellor who would give the hiring recommendation and get the approval from the president. Which at that time, was it Marcy Greenwood, I think it was, was the chancellor at, at, at the University of Hawaii at Manoa? I believe so. And she was reporting to the president, David Lassner. Um, so there is was your, your hierarchy. AD, which would ultimately be Matlin, then Greenwood, then then Lassner. They got rid of the chancellor position. Hmm. The chancellor position is now a provost. The provost is simply dealing with academics. So you wipe away that middle person. Now your hierarchy is AD, president, board of regents. So you're one step up from the president. Is the entirety of the Board of Regents. So at that you know, in, in that point in time you didn't have to deal with sunshine laws, you didn't have to deal with meetings and, and what's public a sunshine comment. law. So the sunshine law is in, in the state, you have if you're gonna have a meeting on a public topic, you have to give the public um, X amount of notice. On the topic, it's okay. not something done behind closed doors. I see. Um, you know, it, it, these are you know this this is a public institution. It's like in 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 government, you are dealing with lawmakers, and and you know these people are are elected That's by right. people like us. So you know it's you a don't public university. Right. Yep. Okay. So the rule is, you have to give six days notice on uh, on what your agenda items are for the next board of regents meeting. Gotcha. Um, and it doesn't have to be six business days; it's just six days. It gives the public ample amount of time. It, the The agenda items are usually posted on Fridays, my understanding. So it gives the public ample amount of time to see what's on the agenda, and then if they—I don't know if I think they do testimony at these board of regents meetings. I'm pretty sure they do, kind of like at a at a hearing for, uh, let's say, you're you're debating a bill. And usually, you have written testimony, and and people speak in person as well. A filibuster. That's, I think, beyond, uh... (laughs) Let's not get into Washington talk here. Okay. So, um... Eighth grade history class. Hey, you were were paying attention. I was, man. So, what happens is the Board of Regents agenda is going to go out on Friday. Okay. That agenda is going to have the name of the recommendation that President David Lassner is giving to the Board of Regents for them to discuss and ultimately vote on. Um... Now, the university, I think, is going to get the approval to put out something before that agenda goes up online that names the individual who's not hired to be the athletic director, but is who is the president's selection to be the athletic director. And then that selection goes to the debate of the Board of Regents. The Board of Regents votes on it, and they say yay or nay to it. If it's yes, that person's the athletic director. They'll start in the first week of June. If no, then I don't know. <laughs> then I guess we we go to the second pick, I guess, or, or the backup option. I, I don't know what it is. Um, but that's that's the difference of the process. And so it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird to know the name who is recommended and then wait six days for the vote on whether that person gets hired or not And probably going to be an uncomfortable six days, I'm sure, for that individual. Big time. Because you'll, hey, we and what we do is we're going to have people calling us. you are going to have people texting us. We're going to be talking about it. It's going to be debated. That person's name is going to be thrown around like nobody's business before even a vote. It is going to be a trying few days for that individual to see where the public lands on that and where the board lands on that even before a vote comes. Now... Are they going
2: to, within those six days, is the Board of Regents going to hold their own
1: set of interviews with this candidate? I don't think they can. Um, I mean, I think they can individually. I I think if they have any questions, they're, they're allowed to individually talk to an individual and do their background. But I don't think they can literally do interviews. And I think there's also something about, you know, X amount of Board of Regents meet, it's considered a meeting. Okay. And that would break sunshine laws. So you can only have a certain amount in one place at one time. Otherwise, it's considered an illegal gathering technically oh goodness um <laughs> which I, I get I understand okay um
2: I don't but uh <laughs> i'm 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 learning so much today I feel that's, like I'm that's back what in that's school what I'm here for um has the interview process already happened josh for for, for any of these candidates did did that happen with
1: this um with this candidate uh search committee so my understanding from what we learned today is that. The search committee did its job. And, and I'm glad you've, you've taken us there because this is the other part of yeah. the, the, the conversation today that I think we actually learned a lot on. So the committee did its job. But I think a lot of people didn't know one part of this committee's job. I think... Mm. Even us. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we were right on it at the same time, right? We were, we were right to say that the search committee, and it really is a search committee, not a selection committee... Or a hiring committee. Um, right. Yeah. Was not going to name the next AD. Um, that they would give their recommendation, but it was ultimately going to be David Lasner's recommendation that would go to the Board of Regents. What we didn't know, and I think this is the thing that I learned today, was that it wasn't one name that was given to President Lastner, um, to make a decision on. It was multiple names, mm. uh, based on the interviews that they did. So they did interviews, um, They went based on the um, the the minimum qualifications and relative experience, which we've talked about a couple months ago. And based on that, they gave a certain amount of names. We don't know how many. We'll find out on Friday. Some of that information is going to be in in a release that comes out on Friday. Um, Certain amount of names and not not graded. So it wasn't like here's pick one, here's pick two, here's pick three, here's pick four, however many it was on a on a graded system. Here are names. These names we take to you, you figure it out. So, for everybody that was kind of, I, I, I think this is the eye-opening part for me. For all those people at the very beginning who were like, "Oh, you know, the committee knows who they want, and you know, whatever they're, you know, they're going to make their hiring recommendation." Well, a, they gave multiple names. Yeah. And B, um, that took took all the pressure off them. Here are the names. All right, David. This is your this is your hire. This is your recommendation, um, and everything apparently went on schedule. Nothing went off the rails. I think the only thing was the addition of Ashley Lee to the uh, to the committee. So, I, I think for a lot of detractors potentially um, that were worried about whether this process had a predetermined outcome, hmm. I think today what we learned told me otherwise, and I and I kind of felt that way initially. But I I got the vibe today that that whole predetermined outcome thing was, I think was people getting paranoid about what could potentially happen here, and that you know David Lastner is going to have to live with the decision, and his you know his job may depend on that decision. Yeah. Um. But it's going to fall on him, and it's not going to fall on that committee who did their work and got the names to him. Okay. So, just to summarize what we've talked about. <laughs> Thank so you. Far. I know. Okay. it felt like an essay
2: that I just read. That, that's okay. <laughs> um. We've learned that in any hiring at University of Hawaii, maybe not so much at other schools, but at this school, this Mm -hmm. is how it works, Mm -hmm. that if you're going to hire a position, you cannot go above the position that you are at. You have to have a hierarchy of positions that hires below themselves. Yeah, so the approval process is one up. It's one up. So the search committee is essentially on the same level if you will, just p- be with me for a okay, second, okay. on the same level as athletic director, okay? They put out a list of names. Mm-hmm. They give that list of names to one step above them, which is Lastner. Ah. Oh, okay. Kay? Okay? I'm just I, I looking at levels I, I right you here. You here. Yeah, I do. Okay, so yeah. he now has that list of names. From that list of names, he selects one, mm-hmm. a nomination, and that nomination goes above him to the next level, right. which is the Board of Regents. Right. Is that, is that correct? I think he described shoots and ladders. Okay. Uh, there we go.
1: <laughs> but uh, that, that essentially is correct. At yes.
2: least that's how I'm seeing it. Yes, you're, you're right. Okay. And so we are awaiting between 9 and 11 on this Friday for that nomination from Lastner mm-hmm. to be given to the Board of Regents. Mm-hmm. That's what we're waiting on right yep. now.
1: Yep. Gotcha. And then Thursday is when the Board of Regents meet and they will debate it. They'll discuss it. I don't know how long they're going to do so. I'll be on the road, so I'm not going to be here to see it. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if they have it online. They might. Um, but Thursday, they'll vote on it, and we'll see if they, they give it the stamp of approval or they say no. Mm. Um, I don't know that there's anything that tells me one way or the other where they're going to go with it, but I think depending how they go with the, how they vote, could have a determination on uh, on President David Lasner because I mean let's face it, definitely. Um, I know there have been some people critical of him. I also know that David Matlin has, and I and I've talked to David Matlin. Um, you know, he has been incredibly high on on his relationship with with President Lasner, and has talked about President Lasner's support of athletics. Yep, and um, you know, he, you know, he, their partnership very much. It would be a big blow. They were kind of a duo. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, and I thought they worked well together. Yeah. It would be a big blow to to him if the Board of Regents don't approve his nomination. Yeah. And there's mean, nothing that tells me that, w- that that will happen, but I think it is a conversation to think about longer term because now you're going to be seeing a transition. You, you know, the his AD approval is leaving. Um, you've got people in the... Um, uh, the, the Education Committee, you've got lawmakers who have wanted him to, to be let go. Remember yep. <laughs> remember that meeting? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so some of that stuff is out there. And, of course, you also think of the University of Hawaii's management of, of Mauna Kea, and that has led to people frustrated with the University of Hawaii system. Fair or unfair, his name has been thrown in a number of different directions, both positively and negatively. Um, I can't help but to think that his tenure may be very much reliant on whether this is a hire that is approved. Yeah, I don't know
2: if it's necessarily um, reliant on it, but uh, I would agree with you that if the Board of Regents decided to vote against his nomination, that's alarming. Yes. Um, For them to deviate kind of with this almost maybe chain of commands, the wrong uh, phrase, but it's... From the the norm, maybe. From the norm, yeah, where, okay, we're... They're kind of just the last checks and balances decision-makers on this of, okay, all of the due diligence has been done here. All we have to do is just check the box. Okay, it's good to go now. Yeah. But if they did go in another direction, to me, that that would certainly be alarming, Josh.
1: Yeah, and it will be, like I said, it's going to be awkward from Friday to next Thursday. This, this will be an awkward six days of debates. Especially and- if it's someone we don't know of very very well. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you about that um, because I think we had a conversation before the show, and I want to I bring it up you know, here sure. in, in, in the, the on-air portion of it. Based on this, what are the expectations? Does, does this give you an expectation of what the individual or who the individual is? Let, let's, let's sit on that. Yeah. We'll take a break. We'll come back talk about that off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench here on ESPN, Honolulu. We are at uh, Beer Lab at the University uh, Tap Room. We're getting ready for extra innings coming up at six o'clock tonight. Uh, Sports Center updates coming up in a little while. We'll update Knicks and Heat and get you ready for uh, Lakers and Golden State coming up at the bottom of the hour. But let's go back to what we were talking about, Hunter. With the information that we now have on what we can expect Friday with the naming of the nominee for athletic director, and Thursday the ultimate vote on that nominee. Um, does this tell you anything on what you expect or who you expect or, or or what you're now thinking moving forward? Does it make anything clearer for you? No. <laughs> great! Is the, is the short answer. Um,
2: I don't have someone in mind necessarily as someone that I can – looked to you as because of these scenarios this person seems like the the next logical fit for all of this. Yeah. However, to me Josh it almost seems like overkill. Okay. At this point, especially with us coming into the third week of May when they finally make a decision and we all know that um RAD was going to be stepping down in June. What happened to this um, kind of hand-holding um, period of time where there was going to be a learning on the job. Um, it seems like they're coming into the job at the end of the school year. There's going to be no overlap. There's, no bu- there's literally no... Um, you're exactly right. No overlap time from old into new for them to kind of get to know... Uh, the job for us to get to know this person. Mm-hmm. Um I hope for the sake of whoever this person is, that maybe they went to Virginia for the for the uh <laughs> the national championship. Just, Just the
1: show face.
2: I mean, isn't that a little bit of what this job is? In it is. Some, it's it's in some a ways. lot of what the job is. So I, I think to me, Josh, that that's been the most um the most disappointing part about all of this, I mean, we just have one of our teams compete in the national championship, right. and we don't know who our athletic director is going to be in two weeks' time. To me, that that's they could have done a little bit better with the timing of this, and for them to come out with this announcement, although very enlightening, very um, I guess eye-opening to how the the process works. I would have hoped that they would have done this like a month ago yeah, and told us how it was going to work. Hey, we're going to announce this, have this person in place. We still have a good month, month and a half of David Matlin as our athletic director. And it, there almost needs to be a pageantry, if you will, of a
1: passing of the torch um, and maybe that's just me, but that, that's kind of what I wanted to see from this process. I'm going to uh, knock the people here in our industry. Um, it is better to tell us sometime sooner rather than uh, you know give us ample lead time because I I can almost predict what would have happened if you said this process a month ago, then you'd come back here, you know you you have the whole Friday to Thursday thing. Yeah. And then, and then you'll have people who forget the conversation from a month ago and are like, well, why is it this way? And then they can say, well, we told you a month ago it was going to be this way. And, you know, sometimes people who are on the beat a month ago aren't the same people who are on it now. I think a lot of times the television stations, this isn't always the um, sports director's job, if there is a sports director, because some places they don't cover sports as much as, like, K-H-O-N mm. with a legitimate sports department. Um, you know, like, I, I'm gonna name outlets, I'm not gonna name names. Um, at least one of the outlets on that call today didn't send a sports person, they sent a news person. Yeah. And it's probably gonna be a different person who's gonna be there when the announcement is than, you know, that individual person. So I appreciate it kind of being closer to because there's no excuse now for anybody to have questions on um, how it's supposed to go because, hey, we told you on Wednesday, it's now Friday. Um, If you couldn't remember that in two days, shame on you, not shame on us for not explaining it and I do appreciate the fact that it was over Zoom because we could ask questions and I mean it went a lot longer than it needed to probably just because I think there were you know Steven Sy was asking 25 questions sure. and uh, you know we actually got some stuff out of it real quick I yeah, know, go I know we it. gotta go to a break yeah. um, I'll
2: turn the question back to you with what you know now do you think of
1: one person in particular I don't have a name um, But I have a general, if they get it right, and I'm I'm throwing all the factors of not having a buffer between current AD and new AD, Yeah. if they get it right, they have hired a person that has experience, that can go in and do the job right away and doesn't need their hand to be held, and can immediately converse with um, you know, can can converse with politicians and and things of those nature because they've done it before mm. um, we'll talk more about that and we have got a text on this as well, we'll take your calls at 808-296-1420 sports center on the way it's off the bench all right let's spend a little more time here on the the athletic director stuff that we've been talking about here over the last couple of segments of the show. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll finish up what I was mentioning on what I hope this individual is, or who I it's not a who, because I don't know the person but based on what we know and how this is going to go, what the ideal person is. Uh, we'll do that here in a moment, but I want to get your thoughts on this text hunter. text uh, texter from the 275 says, uh, hearing what you said, it's concerning to me that David Lassner, uh has so much influence on who will be hired. Even if it's a handful of finalists, Lastner will have the power to override the judgment of people who have much more expertise than him, close quote. Um, what do you take away from that? Hmm. I'm going to throw it back to you. What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, you know, I, that doesn't concern me at all. Okay. That's his job. His job is to make a decision, um, and if he doesn't like the, I mean, to me, the questions will come if he chooses someone different than the search committee. Yeah, I don't know the process. I don't. I don't know. I don't have sources within the committee. I don't have sources close to Lastner. Uh, I'm not an investigative journalist, but I'd like to think that by going this route, you're not going to have a president go sideways. And choose their own person based on the committee. Because I think if that did happen, I don't think this process would be wrapping up um, you know, this week into next. That's right. I think this would take longer.
2: I feel like this process, in the way that it was organized, was at least from my point of view... Done so in the way that as many people that we can get qualified people that we can get involved in this decision making, we want to have them involved in this. Right. Um. So it's a, an extremely democratic process. Mm-hmm. Um. That eventually gets the decision is made by Lastner to nominate, and then again a more democratic process with the board of regents. Yes. So there, that's plural. There's more than one. So. That there's a lot of people at play here. Um, I'm with you. I, I would be much more concerned if the president deviated from that democratic process and just
1: threw in a name that he wanted. Here's the thing I disagree, though, with with the texter. Um, Even if it's a handful of finalists, Lassner will have the power to override the judgment of people who have much more expertise than him. That's not necessarily true. I mean, just because... There's a search committee or a selection committee doesn't necessarily mean that those individuals know more than he does. I mean, there's a reason why he's in the position that he's in. And frankly, um, if there are people that feel that or if there is a belief that he does not know as much as the individuals on that committee, then frankly, we have an organizational problem that the president should not be overseeing the athletic director if the president people believe uh does not know you know, or does not have the expertise like what? to me that that kind of comes off as 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 a bit unfair because i've got to believe he's got enough expertise to work hand in hand with the athletic director as he has and um, and 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 can know what the job entails in doing so. Yeah, I mean, there there might be more specialized knowledge with
2: certain individuals in that search committee. I mm-hmm. mean, Ashley Lale certainly knows more about
1: catching footballs yes. than
2: than David Lastner. Yes, and
1: but I don't need to. I don't really care if David Lasner knows anything about catching a football or fumbling a or football. Laura Beeman being able to run
2: a women's college basketball team. Right, he can't do that. Right, so specialized knowledge. I I agree with what they're talking about, but. In this scenario, selecting a next athletic director, this person's a president of a university. Mm-hmm. I think he might know a couple things. Yeah, just a little bit. I would hope so. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's occupying this position just for grins. Yeah. So I, I would like to hope that he knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, I'd like to believe that he's not doing the job just so we can get a free trip to Fairfax, Virginia, to stand behind the bench and get a bunch of TV time on ESPN and stand behind stay in the, in the house too, too, right? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I live in Manoa, so I, I know very well about the house. Uh, I forgot about that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I, I – you know, Texas says he's an academic bureaucrat, not one with sports knowledge. How do you know? How do you know he doesn't have sports knowledge? It, I, he may you know a bunch about, a bunch more about academics than, than you or I do and most other people do. That doesn't mean he knows squat about athletics. Now,
2: and I don't know Mr. Lassner at all. I've only seen yeah, him a handful of neither. times. Um, however, as a former athlete, I've been around a lot of educational institutions and educational people. They don't always tend to side with athletics. Mm-hmm. In my experience, they've been much more on the side of academics and art. Yes, you're right. And so I've been impressed with our president, Mr. Lasner, in his partnership with David Matlin and athletics. He's he's a big proponent of UH athletics, mm-hmm. so I, I want to give a little bit of credit
1: right there where yeah. it's due because it's that, that 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 is I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I agree. I have noticed in the university system in the University of Hawaii system, and, it, and it's a little bit different elsewhere too. Like at UH Hilo, I've noticed the um, relationship between athletic director and chancellor. They have a chancellor. Ah, uh, okay. Um, is great. Um, you know, when there is an athletic event going on. Uh, or a function afterward, Chancellor's there. Chancellor's supporting the athletic director, supporting the student-athletes. You see Lastner at a bunch of, uh, of events. But, you know, again, when I go back to having a conversation with, um, you know, David Matlin and, yeah. and without being prompted telling me how good his relationship is with President Lassner, um, and not in an, an off-the-record way, but in just, in just unprompted just saying people no. don't realize how good – you know how synergistic the relationship is. I tend to believe that. I don't. I don't think that's a bunch Lassner, of malarkey.
2: Lastner was there when
1: uh, Matlin got inducted into, into the Circle of Honor. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so I, you know, I, I think people want to peg certain people a certain way and not be you know, open-minded, I think, to what they may know more than you might think. And I think this is one of those instances. I think the University of Hawaii system has been really good in balancing academics and athletics. And I think that's why you don't have – there are some places where, you know, athletics runs rampant. And so you can understand where you have academics getting ticked off at athletics and having a little fight over things like student fees and and things like that. Parking? Parking, oh, Josh. That's, that's such a that's that's a that's a whole different department oh, altogether. My Athletics has nothing to do with parking. Whenever
2: I do meet Lastner, I'll 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 chew his ear off.
1: <laughs> hey, that ticket from six years ago. Oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> I'll let him have it if uh, if if I ever get the chance. Uh, for all those listening, yeah, well. We'll, we'll
1: give him a, a piece of our mind. Make, uh, make sure I'm there <laughs> when you do that. I want to I see this. I, I want to see you follow through on your promise to chew him out on your parking tickets. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it with class, of course. Because uh, oh, shucks. If you, if,
2: if you go with any kind of heat, they just, they just kind of breeze you off. But, oh. you know, Josh, I think we're, we're kind of describing the grumbling of the masses right now mm-hmm. because I think this process has been allowed to go longer than it needed to be. okay. I think if this would have, if we would have been having these discussions Mm mid-April, just three weeks ago, we'd be having a different feeling about all of this. I truly believe that. I I think the grumblings and the the frustrations are the not knowing. Mm -hmm. Are the having to just sit by with the, well, the rail will get done one day. June 30th apparently was just announced. There we go. I hate to bring up the rail. A portion but the AD thing, but of the rail. It just takes forever to get anything done out here in Hawaii. <laughs> Including this AD search.
1: June 30th! June 30th. Maybe the AD will ride the rail to his job, or her job, or their job on June 30th. Oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> oh, but wait. They, they only can get to Kalihi job. <laughs> They'll have to Uber from Kalihi <laughs> to UH. Or
1: take the bus. Or take
2: the... <laughs> now <we're> approaching. <laughs>
1: Macaulay Shopping Center. <laughs> oh, Anyway, I, let, let me circle back to what we ended the last segment with. See, that's why they they said they were ending the rail at 7, because uh, their studies showed that, hey, we have alternate routes of transportation, so after 7 o'clock, if they're off the rail, they can still take the bus to where they're going. Uh. Anyway, um, I, I see what you're talking about on the time frame, and I, and I think that what that tells me is, I think if you had a bunch of university employees, that they were on the clock, you had them in a meeting, maybe meeting more often than not. Yeah. Maybe it could get done quicker, but we're talking about a couple of university employees and some people outside the university. I think that naturally tends to stretch out the the, the time frame because you're not you're not just controlling people who are on the clock for you. You now have other people that are involved schedules and their own time and so you really kind of extend how long the process goes I I think I think of that but to me if they got this right and we don't know the names of the finalists we won't I don't know I think they're gonna announce the finalist names on Friday not just the person who was who was recommended I, I could be wrong but to me if they got this right in a situation where you have no bridge yeah, between old and new, this individual would have previously been an athletic director oh. or director of athletics or whatever you want to call I it. I would hope so. I, I go back to what I've said before. The perfect individual for this job has public school experience at another institution, has worked with lawmakers at wherever they were. Uh, A little bit of lobbying experience. Yes, plenty yep. of lobbying experience. Yeah has a mindset of how to get things done and maybe a track record of how they've gotten things done at a previous institution that maybe doesn't mirror what's going on here but potentially has a benefit of how to move things forward here and maybe a better process or, or, or in a way that would complement what's already being done. Yeah, Because um, in my belief... If you go somewhere with less experience, if you go to someone with less experience and you have to teach them how to do all, a lot of this stuff and to learn how to go through no. the red tape and to learn how to work with lawmakers, um, you're starting on the wrong foot. And again, with no buffer. So, to me, the the only way this process truly works is if you've got someone who is going to get on the job on day one with no buffer in a, of an athletic director and can start moving and doesn't need someone to hold their hand and put training wheels on them. I'd be blown away if they hire someone without
2: previous AD experience. Yeah. Because y- there's no time f- to
1: learn the job from the previous job holder. And I realize David Matlin didn't have athletic director experience prior to being hired but this is also a different time. I
2: think the landscape of UH is completely different from when it was back then. You're right. I see some very challenging times ahead of us. Oh yeah. um, With conference realignment potentially in our future, um, overseeing a current massive overhaul of our facilities Mm -hmm. on campus. I'm not even talking about Halava. Yeah. Um, our continual battle in recruiting for all of our athletics. Um, those are just a couple right there, Josh, that we're privy to. There might even be more that we're not even aware Maybe. of right now. Um, but this is not the time for someone to come in all kind of relaxed, lackadaisical, Hey, I'm here to learn a job. That's no, right. you need to come ready to play ball tomorrow. That's right. Whenever you come in and get the job today. So, That's right. Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I want someone to who at least knows how to play ball a little bit, man.
1: Absolutely. Uh, keep your texts, uh, your phone calls coming in at 808 296 1420. It is off the bench. Hey, mention the SPN Honolulu and get the $7.50 special at the Pagoda Restaurant that's now located in the International Ballroom. This is a great deal. Two eggs, Portuguese sausage, and rice or toast. Yum. Or choose pancakes, waffles, sweet bread, French toast, or omelets. Uh, it's Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 a.m., weekends till noon. Because breakfast sounds good at uh, 3.45 in the afternoon. That's right, breakfast, breakfast is any-fist to me. Uh, breakfast you can eat at all times of day. Uh, Get details, although here, 7 to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday, weekends till noon. But you can think about it at 3.45 in the afternoon because that's some good food to think about. Uh, Get details in the menu by going to uh, pagodahawaii.com. You know, let's real quick before uh, before we hit break, let's say hi to Paul, who wants to uh, talk about the AD situation. Paul, what's going on? Eggs. Eggs. uh, Great any time of the day. Uh, Megalodon. You had a really hard time saying the word eggs, Paul. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Say eggs, I like. I say eggs, Paul, say eggs Grumble. five times fast.
3: Uh, eggs, 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 Megalodon is how you oh pronounce it. Oh, my gosh. I love it. There we you go. I, I'm going to look for that. Okay, Josh, you, you probably, you, you basically know what I'm going to say. Okay, look, Josh, do we want someone, don't we want someone who can bring in tons of money at this time? And can, they can delegate sure. to this. Yeah. Or do we want bureaucrat just another Actually, I don't know about the delegation of duties example. why not I don't know about if, the delegation if, part if we need money okay the job of the yeah, athletic you can delegate okay look university they cannot afford to merely you know have have an audience reaction of you know who oh, whom oh, who that oh uh, the name sounds familiar we saw what happened with that logic with Graham okay Will you be ready? Will you? Will any of us be ready? At the university again, they get someone from the mainland. We have the ghost of Graham once again wearing his ugly head, and and it'll be that's not fair on more of an authoritative level, not just one coach, but you know, it, look, there's no way that we don't hear a name before Friday. That's what I think, because and and you know,
1: so you think someone's
3: going to leak it? I, is what I you're think, saying? No, well, you know. It, it, it's only a few days before them, you know. Are, are we ready for this announcement? Okay, are we ready for this announcement? It has to be.
1: Something yes, familiar. I'm ready.
3: Someone local has local ties and mainland ties, and and you know who
1: that is. Unfortunately, then, I know exactly you. who you're talking about. Then, mahalo, Josh. I feel like I have to 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 be the person who's, who's, who's talking we, about. He's Josh? talking about June Jones. I only know this because he plasters June Jones' name on Twitter all the time. And he's also gone. Stop with the June Jones thing. Stop it.
2: I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Paul, because I've worked at a couple of pristine golf courses over here. He's got one thing in mind right now after the football season. He takes off his shoes, and he plays a whole lot of golf. Four. That's what
1: he's doing right now, unfortunately. Hey John, stay right there on the phones. We'll get to you here on the other side. It is off the bench on ESPN, Honolulu. Sports Center updates coming up here in just a little bit. They're coming down to the wire in uh, in New York. Knicks and Heat. It is a three point game under four to go. Knicks trying to avoid elimination, uh, an eight seed. First time it would be potentially a. Um, play-in team Regional gets to the Eastern finals. Conference Final. Um, that would be incredible. So uh, we're watching that game, 103-100 the score, of course. Lakers-Warriors coming up on our sister station, CBS 1500. Coverage underway right there. John's been hanging on patiently here on the AD Conversation. John, you're off the bench. How are you?
0: Good. I'm calling about uh, this thing with the uh, athletic director. I'm, I don't know if I'm... Uh all that optimistic of course i don't even have no idea who it is but it's like it seems like if you get somebody local they don't know like enough about mainland i'm kind of similar to your previous caller but it's uh and i'm not saying i want june jones though but i'm just you know but thank
2: you thank
1: a,
0: main, a, main, a mainland guy comes down here and they're like well i'm from ohio and this is how we do it well that stuff don't work in hawaii you know so i'm just kind of wondering like what kind of person that you can get to bridge the gap but honestly uh even with the best candidate you can think to think of, I am uh, not so optimistic uh, in where the direction that UH athletics is moving. Because the main problem is at the state legislature, and it doesn't matter like who you get for uh, um, uh, an athletic director because he has, has to answer for them. And we all know like how in I'm not gonna I'll, I'll be nice, but I'm just saying those guys are not getting it done, and it doesn't matter who you get in there for the. Uh, the athletic director so uh, that's my take on it but uh, good luck to this other person but get in here and it's like bang your head against the wall for about five years and go get another job because the problem is at the state capitol uh, it's not at, uh, down at uh, UH that's all I got to say
1: I, I'll say this and John thank you Thanks, I'll, I'll John. say I'll say two things on that one legislatures people who work in the legislature they don't stay in there often for 30 years No, they can get voted in and voted out um, you know, who you are working with now could be very different in two years. And I think that's one of the first things you have to think of, that, um, you're going to have to meet new people, you're going to have to work with new people. But the one, and I know we were talking about this earlier, yeah, that I kind of take a little bit of offense with, why is it that people automatically think the idea of someone from the mainland, and we don't know if that's what it's going to be or not, yeah is automatically not gonna work. Like, you know, the, the type of thinking is not going to work. And, and I, I want you to say what you're gonna say here, but, yep. but let me just preface that by saying, sometimes we are guilty here of caring too much about not changing, about too much of the status quo. That has been, you know, one of our, I, to me, one of my biggest pet peeves is that we're not willing to kind of get outside of our comfort zones yeah. and try to change uh, some ideas may be bad but we don't know that unless we have an open minds and and listen and hear yeah. and you know what if if the ideas don't work they lose their jobs if the ideas work we give the credit or the the credit where credit is due but it is awfully frustrating to me to hear people like, "Well, mainland ideas don't work." Well, how do you know? How do you know? It's 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 frustratingly deriding of that um of, of any chance of something working. That's poor logic. Taylor. Yes. It's
2: poor logic to throw the baby out with the bathwater, Josh, mm-hmm. because our last recent experience with a big-name person from the mainland being Todd Graham. It's one person. It's one person. and the, uh, the Now, let me be very, very clear with yeah. those listening on the radio. I am a former University of Hawaii football player. Many of my teammates were players under that guy. I am not a fan of Graham in the slightest. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, that dude undid a lot of work that many, many people poured into that school and into that, that um, football program. That needed to be said right there, first of all. Now, football coach and athletic director are two totally very different things. I don't know why we can't have someone from the mainland with phenomenal business savvy and lobbying um, skill and power and a bulldog mentality of we're going to go in and get some things accomplished for our school and for our university that maybe the people before just, we're not skilled enough to get that accomplished, and I'm really not trying to throw stones. Right. Um, But I think that that alone,
1: if they're from the mainland, that's not going to work. I think that's poor logic. We'll come back to this a little bit later on in the show. We'll preview Lakers-Warriors. That's coming up. You're listening to Off the Bench Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> NBA playoffs are underway right now. We're getting ready for Lakers and Warriors coming up in uh, just a few minutes. Knicks and Heat winding down. Uh, one oh. Uh, I got a delay on my computer from. 109, the, uh, from 103. 110. Yeah, oh, one oh yep. nine. One oh three. One ten. Oh yeah, there it is. Free throw. One ten. One oh three. And then of course the Miami Heat don't know how to grab a rebound. Uh, game over. One twelve. One oh three. Uh, with a few seconds left, the Knicks extend that series. It's going to go to a game six. Coming up on uh, uh, coming up on Friday, so uh, we could have one game on Friday, depending what happens with Lakers Warriors. A little bit later on, we could have two games on Friday uh, in the NBA postseason. We know the conference finals will start either Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, depending on what happens with these series. Uh, and we'll have all the conference finals action coming up next week. Lakers Warriors. Um, we we talked to Dieter Curtenbach yesterday. Uh, on the warriors perspective of things it is 3-1 LA the one thing i'm still kind of struck on yeah is the faith that still exists that and and i, I don't i i want to make sure i know where where the faith lies i want to get this correct is it the faith that the warriors can come back down from 3 to 1 because it's the faith in the warriors or the lack of belief in the los angeles lakers I want to make sure we pinpoint it the right way, that it's not, you know, we're we're just kind of talking about how they can come back from 3-1, but is it on the positive side, or is it because, well, it's L.A.? This is
2: belief in the Warriors. Okay. I think, to me, the Lakers are clearly the better team right now. Um, They've demonstrated it. Uh, They're by far the most deep team Mm -hmm. um, with getting contributions all the way down with... uh, Monsieur,
1: Lonnie Walker Alani the fourth. Lonnie Walker
2: the fourth. Yes, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Um, they're much deeper. They're fit to win right now. It seems. Um, where the Warriors are needing to almost land all of their haymakers just to stay within striking distance. Um, and so I think that that is the distinction in my mind, Josh. But we're also talking about Steph Curry here. We're talking about Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Four championships with these guys. They've won in the past. They know how to do it. To me, the belief is definitely on the side that let's remember who we're talking about here.
1: Okay. I think I, I, I don't remember things day to day. Um, but my belief is that the series is over. Um, I don't have the belief that the Warriors can come back. And it's not it's not really because of the Lakers, frankly. See, I this is where I think we differ. Um, I'm looking at Steph Curry, and while I'm seeing a guy who has I think he's played beyond himself, and that's and, and that's saying something, given yeah. what he has accomplished here in the last however many years. He's not a hundred percent. He hasn't been a hundred percent for a good chunk of the year. Remember he missed some time with that arm issue, that's why you see the sleeve on his on his left side, yeah, he cannot keep carrying this team. And as long as Draymond Green is continuing to be a guy who doesn't look for his offense, who is continuing to spend more time talking to referees than anything else, as long as Clay Thompson um, is just kind of up and down offensively, and they're getting no help from Wiggins and uh, you know no help from from Poole, yeah, that Steph, I I think I I see it. Um, I see Steph tiring out. Hmm. This is, he's, he's only getting older, such is life. Um, you know, there, there's nothing that is going to make him find the fountain of youth to all of a sudden be 25 and just hit endless shots from 30, 32, 33 feet away. Um, I think Golden State is, has, has gassed itself out. And that's where I think the difference lies for me, because I don't I don't really put the blame on any particular person. Well, I guess outside of guys like Poole and Wiggins, yeah. um, but I almost feel bad. I almost feel bad for Steph because you feel like he deserves better um, and his body deserves better right now because he is extending himself so much. You know, what's going to happen. Unless they're down by 20 in the fourth quarter, yeah. Steph Curry is going to play a whole bunch of minutes, and he's going to get gassed. And I worry because I think of a possession like what we saw with Anthony Davis guarding Steph Curry in those yeah. final few yeah. seconds of, of game four, and Davis playing better defense and keeping Curry from getting a good look in those last few shots. I could see it happening again. That's, that's scary. Steph Curry should be able to dribble – and get by and get to the rim. Hmm. Couldn't do it. Um, I I just don't see the Warriors having anything left in the tank to go all the way down to a Game 7. They're fortunate they're at home tonight. Big time. They are very fortunate to be at home tonight. But I, I do worry about a Game 6 if it gets there.
2: Yeah, I, I think tonight, uh, if I was to put money on it, which I'm, I'm not a gambler. Neither am I. Um... I would certainly put it on Golden State to take care of business here in Game Mm 5. To at least extend it to Game 6 and then roll the dice. Um, There's no chance they're losing tonight. Not at home. Not with the dynasty literally on the line tonight of win or the dynasty's over. Those are the two options right now, Josh. I don't see them surrendering it when... Let's look at the Lakers because I heard this earlier today and I actually agree with this. If we see the Lakers get down by 15 in the third quarter Mm -hmm. or, you know, it stretches to 18 or 20, they are pulling LeBron and AD as quick as they possibly can. We're going to see something similar, I believe, to what we saw in game two, which was LeBron only playing 24 minutes. If it gets marginal at all, it's over for those guys. And I don't blame the Lakers at all for managing it in such a way. Yeah. Just rest those guys and save them for game six, game seven, if that miracle does come uh, down the stretch because it's just not that important tonight.
1: I, you, know, you know what I was initially thinking when um, you, you were, when you were saying there's no way they lose game five? Yeah. This is pretty sad of me. I went to NBA referees on Twitter. Oh, boy. To go see who was reffing game five. Unfortunately, the NBA has this reputation of, hey, if you want to extend a series, who are you going to call? Scott Foster. Um, I don't – <laughs> see, hey, same amount of syllables. Um, I don't see – the thing is, I don't know if it's Scott Foster um, because guess what? Um, the NBA referees posted the referee assignments for the first game. Um, they didn't post on Twitter for this game. So I don't know who I don't know who's working this game and I haven't uh I, I haven't seen them put it up on uh um on the web or on the uh oh here we go. Um it's not Scott Foster. Hey, there's a chance. Oh boy Zach Zarba, James Williams, and uh, Jadiminus Petritus. They are the three officials working this game. So there is a chance. That the
2: Warriors lose Game Five. Did you check Twitter to see if Russell Wilson is on the sideline for tonight's game as well?
1: <laughs> well, they won yesterday, didn't it they? It broke the curse. It broke the curse. All right, we got to give him a little bit of credit uh, then. But I wonder, was it was was the Russell Wilson curse balanced out by the fact that his coach was there to make him behave? Mm. It's not. It, it's not like uh, Russell Wilson was sitting there, Sierra next to him. No, it was Russell Wilson and a friend. And it was Sean Payton and his wife. Yep. So I, I, I remember Russell Wilson's going to have to behave. He's not going to be able to bring in his own people now, um, you know, into, into the Broncos locker room. That's Sean right. Payton said no to that publicly. Remember that? Yep. Um, so maybe maybe that's what it was. Forgive us for that
2: zag. That was just me and Josh having a little bit of fun from, it was, uh, from it, the Denver it the was, Denver game yesterday. It was
1: incredibly easy. Yeah. Uh, incredibly easy to go there. <laughs> um, so what what happens today from from your perspective? Um, Lakers win today. How? You know, I I actually I don't foresee
2: any outcome. Or oh, I'm sorry, Lakers. Um, Warriors win today. Warriors because, definitely yeah. win tonight. How? I think just by showing up in some ways. <laughs> um, I I don't see the Lakers coming out with the fire necessary to beat Golden State at home tonight. Okay. When they don 't necessarily need to win tonight, they could almost use tonight to catch their breath um and maybe that's 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 unfair or even poor logic there josh but no, th- they they already i feel like did the hard part in this series was winning back to back games in l a going up three one right now um what was already getting up to base camp of of uh Of this mountain climb that all they need is is one summit push and that they're gonna be on top
1: see I I think that's where I also kind of disagree I think the Lakers need to win tonight Um, they are an older team and I think if they can close it out tonight they give themselves the opportunity to rest until and I and I have to know the timing here the Western Conference Finals potentially starts Sunday um, but that is only if the Philly series uh, – not Philly. Um, that is only if the Denver-Phoenix series ends tomorrow. Hmm. Um, and that is if the Lakers close out tonight. So the, so the Western Conference Finals start either Sunday or Tuesday. If I am the Lakers, I would want it to start I, – if, if I can get as much rest as possible, if I can win tonight, and let's say Denver-Phoenix goes seven. Uh, if that goes seven, that takes it to Saturday. And that would then mean, hey, um, we don't have to play a game until next Tuesday. Yeah. So you give yourself six days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I can do math. Five days of rest. You give yourself five days of rest before the Western Conference Finals. As good as we've talked about the Lakers now, they will look even better to start a Western Conference Finals series with LeBron fresh and AD fresh, and I think that can be a game changer
2: with almost a week of rest.
1: Yeah, if if that uh, series
2: gets pushed a little bit with Denver and uh, the Suns, and y-
1: you're going to be rooting for Phoenix to win at home tomorrow,
2: you are. Um, if you're if you're a Lakers fan, yes, you're, you're wanting that series to get pushed as long as possible, and stretch that dominant duo of. Jokic and Murray because th- those guys look next
1: to unbeatable right now. Absolutely, I want to see that AD versus Jokic matchup defensively. Yes, be awesome. That is going to be that 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 is your 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 current NBA players or NBA fans' dream defensively. Uh, can AD stop Jokic from getting a triple double? Um, especially after what he did against Steph the other night, man, I I want to see that um, you know front and center. Uh, Texture from the seven eight three. Uh, Agree with Josh. Def running out of gas. Pool regressed and is non-existent. Wiggins still coming off his long sabbatical. Warriors fans hoping to reverse what LeBron did to them in Cleveland. Doubtful. That's also a very different LeBron in Cleveland than the LeBron here in L.A. And,
2: you know, I'm I'm a big believer in just pushing it back to math. If Clay Thompson is not the Clay Thompson of old and Jordan Poole isn't giving you substantial points off the bench, where are you getting the rest of these points from? Curry physically can't go out and get you 60 every night. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't I don't see them beating late the Lakers on a physicality standpoint. No, and if, definitely not. And if they're not hitting threes, it's just not a good matchup for them. But
1: Golden State would never beat anybody on a physicality um, on physicality, um, unless you've got you know Draymond Green stomping on uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bonus. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. the only physicality we're talking about. But she had to sit out another game that for is, that, that, is, that physicality. That is, that is right. But they've always been the finesse team. They've always been a team that has has relied on three point shooting and speed and smarts. Yeah. I, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to make it just seem about the finesse, but the smarts. Mm. That's the thing. They've always had the better brain than any other team in basketball but sometimes um that brain gets exhausted and sometimes another team can physically another team can can know who you are and actually get smarter than you mm-hmm. that's good game planning lakers got it we saw it at the end of game four uh and, and undoubtedly uh that has been a big key uh our m dire global scoreboard is brought to you by m dire global moving hawaii into the future we said it earlier nicks and uh heat will go to a game six in Miami uh it's three two there is the the Knicks win today one twelve 103 game six coming up on Friday time to be de- uh time to be determined based on what happens with this game oh what do you mean this game uh Golden State and the Lakers Hunter, it's going your way right now it's 14 to five uh Golden State is ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers they've got about seven and a half to go in quarter number one and they're going to it- it's the first quarter we know what happens in the NBA. Just showing up the fourth quarter, they always find a way to make it a game. Oh, just w- the, the fourth quarter is the quarter that everybody watches in the NBA because that's when that's when it gets good and more people play defense and so on and so forth. Uh, top eleven, Padres, Twins tied at three uh, in, in that game at Target Field. Giants lose badly uh, to the Washington Nationals. That was disgusting. Sorry. Eleven to six, the final score. Speaking of disgusting. The Oakland A's, uh, they lose eleven to three to the New York Yankees. That's your M Dire Global scoreboard, and that could have gone a whole bunch of different ways. Brought to you by M Dire Global, always on the move. Traffic here, it's off the bench. GSP in Honolulu. There's a song I got to throw into the playlist. I, I got to get some of your music in here in our uh, in our off the bench playlist. Um, being at baseball the last couple weeks, being at different ballparks yeah. and hearing some of their playlists, some next-level stuff. Oh, I believe Especially it. Especially some non-current stuff. Okay. That. Um, Got to pepper in some oldies. Yeah, I have one. In, in fact, you know what? I'm going to send a note to, to whoever's in the other room. It's Keegan. <laughs> whoever's in the other room. <laughs> uh, I'm going to send him a note. I'm going to pass him a song to to go get into the uh, to the system. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll throw in some of those. Ooh, uh, we'll start fun. peppering in some new stuff here and there. Uh, new old stuff here and there. Uh, off the bench here on ESPN, Honolulu Hunter. I want to get to the uh, text line at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. We spent all first hour on the athletic director conversation since we have new information on how this is going to go, and we'll we'll rehash it for people coming up a little bit later on. Um, but it seems like one of the things that has come up is, well, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Like based on the news, who, what, what does the candidate look like? And the whole, I'm frustrated by it. The whether it should be a person from the mainland or someone who's local, it's it's disgusting to me, frankly. Yeah. Um, Texture from the two eight two says this on the mainland person topic. Could you word it better? I I almost cringe reading it that way. Reason why people don't think mainland person won't work is Ben J and Herman Frazier. Enough said. Uh, it's it's unfair. First off, um, did did each have their own vices? Sure. Herman more than Ben. That's right. And I don't think we need to rehash all of that, soap and showers, things like that. But um, they were also very different, I think, in their whatever you felt like their vices were. Hence, Ben J. still works in collegiate athletics so uh, to to just characterize okay this person didn't work out that person didn't work out what's their char- what, what's their similarity so oh, they weren't born here um it's incredibly lazy and but I, I say it's lazy because each were different in their own way and I think we have to kind of look at that not as a ne- as a negative necessarily but as a, as, a, as a reminder of how different people think and some things do work and some don't and we don't know it unless unless we see it if the qualifications are there. Yeah. Yeah, it,
2: it's um it's not a good argument strictly on uh geography mm-hmm. because I'm from the mainland, Josh. This is year fourteen for me being out here. Now that there was it been that long? Fourteen years, man. Wow. It there's been a, a, a learning curve. There's been a uh a learning of how they do things over here or just how we do things over here. But it doesn't mean you you just eliminate someone because they weren't born and raised over here. You can learn it mm-hmm. and you can um, listen first, speak second, uh, come with a, a heart to learn, a heart to give back, um, th- learn what the spirit of Aloha is. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that That's not contingent on where you were born and raised.
1: Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you've kind of you know humanized it with yourself as well because you're a perfect example of that. Traffic, Sports Center coming up. It's Off the Bench.
2: Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more.
1: I think uh, I don't know. Maybe Fridays. We've got a uh, we've got a theme out some years. We got we got to do uh, we got a Casey Kasem this thing. Hmm. So uh, maybe on a on a Friday we do uh, we do an ode. Man, our audience is really gonna love the Wayback Machine. Do an ode to 1974. Great songs of 1974. Yeah, is, eh? is what brings us back? I like that. Maybe one year we, uh, we, we do an ode to Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Great songs of 2023. And then somewhere in the middle. I don't know. We, 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 need, to, we need to theme some Fridays here and there. We need like to have some fun with this. I like that. I'm yeah. down. Um, I'm actually I'm, I'm working with some of the guys in the studio right now to, to kind of uh, beef up the, uh, the, the musical selections.
2: Could we get Money for Nothing by Dire Straits?
1: If the uh, studio heard that, I think they could make that happen. I think we should. At make least that, that at least that guitar intro. Yeah. Uh, let's let's pass that from one studio. Liz, if you can pass Alright Shoot him a text. Shoot him a text. What? Just tell him across the wall. We we were just told in our ear, by the way. Yeah. Shoot him a text <laughs> to do the work. See, this is the great thing about radio. We can say it and then we, we play the coconut wireless yeah. where the person in the studio hears it, and then the person in the studio goes to the next room and tells the person in the next room. <laughs> Uh, everything, everything we're being told in our ear is is wonderful. Um, we'll text you, <laughs> Keegan. Wow, I think we struck a nerve, Josh. You know why? For as long as I've been traveling the last couple of weeks, he's been gone for two. He's weeks. He's been gone too. He had a uh, dude's big time. He, he was doing a robotics on. He, he's a world class MC, uh, doing robotics and and esports and all that stuff. And so. Um, yeah, he's, he's back, and he's right to work. Didn't get a lot of time to rest. So, yeah, I get it. I get what we heard in our ear um, just, a, just a little while ago. Uh, off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu, you can text in at 808-296-1420. You can call in uh, at 808-296-1420. Let, let, let's finish up here on the text here. Um we we spent some time on the athletic director conversation. You know what we'll do, let's let's rehash what we started with, just in a more Cliff's Notes version. Yeah, uh, of what we learned today about how this athletic director announcement is going to go, just so that people aren't surprised, and just so we didn't say, well, we told you so. Yeah, this is what's going to happen on Friday. Uh, we're going to get the Board of Regents agenda. This Friday. This Friday. Yep. Um, because the Board of Regents will be the ones that say yes or no on the recommendation for the athletic director. The Board of Regents have to go by Sunshine sunshine Laws, uh, which we have in the state and most states do for, you know, anything that is yeah. public matter. Um, and the Sunshine Law here is six days out. So agenda out on Friday for a Thursday Board of Regents meeting. So, we'll learn the name on Friday. The name is a recommendation. The Board of Regents will hear testimony on Thursday of next week, and we'll vote on the individual, and we'll then, at, at that point, then we'll know. Do we have an athletic director, or do we not, by next week, Thursday? in 8 days. I hope they don't prolong it even further, Josh. So you're you're hoping that they just say yes to whoever it
2: yeah. is. Yeah. We've waited this long for at least a nomination. It would absolutely stink to then wait another 6 days to find out, "Oh, they're not a fan of that nomination. We're going to have to start this all over again."
1: But you know, I think this is the process is is weird because it's not what we're used to because, you know, everything has changed with you know who's who is ahead of who. The hiring process at the University of Hawaii and University of Hawaii and how it works, where it's a you know one step up hiring process. We haven't
2: hired an AD without a chancellor. That's correct. That's, this is the first time we're doing it without that. But
1: this is where I think it gets kind of interesting. The six you have basically six days of vetting for the Board of Regents. They'll learn who the name is on Friday in the agenda, or they've probably learned it prior, and the agenda notes are going up. You'll have public comment, you'll have public testimony, you'll have uh, assembled media that may do some digging and try, you know, they'll, they'll put all the accolades and, and whatever. You know, you'll have columns that people will write that I'm sure will talk about whether it's the right hire or the wrong hire. This, I think, is actually a disadvantage to a degree. Could be an advantage for whoever is named because it's six days of having your name thrown through the elements. Yeah the the rain the mud the sunshine I'm not trying to bring it up via sunshine law yeah um, but your names we thrown around a lot and you never know if public testimony you never know if some of the stuff that gets thrown out there sways a regent's opinion on whether they vote yes or no and to a degree not trying to be the I, I, i'm not trying to be the sadistic person here in the room but I kind of like the idea of extra vetting. I want to know, I yep. want to make sure yep. that we have the right individual. He, she, they, whoever it is. And if that means six more days of trying to figure out who it is, and, or not six more days of trying to figure out, but six more days to be able to know who this individual is and understand whether this individual is right for the job, then you know what? If a position that is so important, I'll take it. I'll take those six days. And you know what? If if you come to find out that you really don't believe that that person is the right person for the job, then you know what? That's the great thing about public discourse. That's the great thing about having the ability to testify at a Board of Regents meeting, is that maybe you might actually have an ability to sway someone's decision based on your testimony of who it is. I think it's actually kind of interesting. It gets the public a little more involved, and I kind of like that.
2: In the interest of all things being brought to light, or all things being brought into sunshine, sunshine, Josh, I would like whoever we nominate this six-day period. If something needs to be brought to light about that person, I'd like for it to be brought up in that time period. Because it would be horrible if we go through the hiring process and we we find out early football season this fall that this person is involved in some some extracurricular thing. I'm not.
1: We're not suggesting suggesting that that's anything. But yeah. I'm just
2: pointing out the fact of. It would be extremely unfortunate to have to go through this whole process yet again yep. if the um, if the process is not done accordingly.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, the the only thing that I, I realize when I say it is that if something does come to light in those six days that maybe is new, then that would, would actually not be a good reflection on the search committee. Totally. If they put out names and turns out maybe those names weren't as vetted as they should be. I have the belief... That they did their job correctly and they so. put out you know the names that they that they should and and you know they're not putting out any con- any controversial names. I, I have the belief that um, you know that that they did their job the right way. Um, but there's always that what if right? There's there's always. I think we're protective. It, you know, we, the University of Hawaii is it's our school, it's our team. I don't, we get sometimes critical of those who are critical, sometimes those who are a bit too, um, knee-jerk on just all of a sudden being just really down and negative and upset, and it's gotta be this or else, or I'm not gonna do this, if it's this person or what, you know, we're protective.
2: I think everybody's protective um, senses are heightened right now yeah. in light of what's happened the last couple of years. Exactly. And again, it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the athletic director. However, we've seen just how bad bad can get. Yes. And the next person in charge will be the person at the helm. So it, it matters, Josh.
1: It, the University of Hawaii Athletic Department is kind of like our adopted son or daughter. Um, that we would want nothing bad to happen to it. And it's like if you hire a babysitter for your son or daughter, you're going to go through the vetting process and make sure that that babysitter is the right babysitter um, that will take care of your son or daughter. I'm sorry, I have a Law & Order um, episode in my head that had to do with a a, a bad babysitter. This is what happens when you sit in a hotel, there's nothing good on and you're stuck watching Law & Order at 1 (laughs) a.m., Um, (laughs) yeah, but, um, that's kind of, I think how a lot of people feel, even if they don't realize it, It, that's sometimes kind of how they come off as they feel that way. And, um, you know, if we're going to spend in a babysitter's case, we're gonna spend like, you know, $20 an hour on a babysitter better find a babysitter. That's worth it for $20 an hour. I don't even know if that's the going rate. Um, but you know what I mean. I, I think that's that's where we are. We don't want it to fall into the hands of someone that's going to mistreat our baby. And I think that's that's why everybody's like, well, it, it can't be this person. Or we don't want it. We don't want it to be status quo. Or you know, we we want them to thoroughly do this. We know why.
2: Yeah. And in terms of looking at it, like our like our kids, our student athletes, at least from a football perspective, or like our grandkids. I'm joking. Yeah, well, they were in a vulnerable place not that long ago, and the the next person that takes our athletic director job will be looked to to make hires for the protection and um, overseeing of student athletes. So it's extremely important and something that we have to give a lot of thought and care to.
1: I'm going to get to this one text here uh, from the two three three. I completely agree that where a candidate is from should not matter. Texter says, I will play devil's advocate though, and refer back to when you mentioned that you hope the selected candidate has AD experience. Oh, he's referring to me. Um, because there isn't time to learn on the job, they need to hit the ground running. Can the same be said about someone who doesn't have experience with the unique landscape of Hawaii, politics, business, way of life, etc. Will there be this patience for an AD from outside of Hawaii to learn on the job, to the aspects of this job that are unique to the location? It's a very loaded question. Um, Will there be patience? I mean, there's going to have to be. I mean, there's, there's, there's no choice at that point. Once you make the hire and that hire is selected, then you, you're going to have to have patience.
2: The, the measuring stick isn't quite as black and white as a new coach either, mm-hmm. where you can judge the new coach off of their first season. It's going to be difficult to evaluate a new athletic director right in the first year or so of them getting hired, yeah. if they aren't having to make any new changes to the athletic uh, the athletic program. Mm,
1: you bring up something that keep going. So, but you're you're making something go in my head about something I want to talk b- about because
2: now. I I don't know how we're going to evaluate this new person other than at least right now, Josh that I can think of are the two. Uh, construction projects, one at TC Ching Athletic Complex, and then eventually the one uh, for women's track and women's soccer. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that is as pressing as those two things right now for an athletic director to be looked at as their responsibility. You
1: have just hit the jackpot on what I think is the next evolution of this topic. Thankfully, because we can only strike this into the ground so much. Right. <laughs> um, and, something new to talk about with this. Woo. Um, Let's go. And actually, it does kind of go along with the text that we got too. But mm. y- sorry, you said something. Um, it kind of reminds me of politics, and, and I'll explain where I'm going with that coming up. Traffic's on the way. This is off the bench. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Mm-hmm. I don't believe we had this in the rotation previously. Uh, I think there is somebody who's making some very good creative decisions back in our uh, in our studios to take us uh, a little farther old school. I like it. I'm good with it. I, I give the stamp of approval to, uh, to this.
3: Chee-hoo! Chee-hoo!
1: Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. My goodness. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, <laughs> it's off the bench. You're on ESPN Honolulu, that's... Fun,
2: fun note about that song. That's Hunter Hughes. I wrote an animated short at University of Hawaii. I was an animation major. Oh, okay. That remixed that song from its original lyrics to You Make Me Wanna Say, Chi-Hu. And it was a pigeon singing the song.
1: I... I... Realizing that we're in a public space currently. Um,
2: I wish you guys could see Josh's just utter disappointment written
1: all over him right now. The uh, mm, Biting my tongue, biting my tongue. The only way that you can pay this off, and I'm cringing that I'm saying this right now. Do you still have a copy of that? Uh, I'm going to have to go dig,
2: but it's out there.
1: I'm going to regret saying this. But uh, now that you've said it, you've got to pay it off by uh, actually bringing this here. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that. <laughs> There's so
2: much from my UH days that is being like re- requested. The, uh, the the sketches of University of uh, Hawaii football stadium up on the grass complex. Yeah, I'm that still I, waiting on that. I know. I need to. I need to bring it into the <laughs> and now uh, one of my animation projects.
1: You know, the thing that I've noticed here in the what is this now month. Um, we're starting month 4. Month 4, yeah. Uh, of doing this show. Uh-huh. I have lost all sense of discretion doing this show. That's right. Um I don't know that I could ever recall in my right mind saying, "Hey, bring in that copy of the remix of you make my dreams come true pigeon version." Yeah. I think me in January <laughs> would have said over my dead body that makes it over the air never happens
2: but it's just creative and fun enough where you're like I, I need to check it
1: out I you know what it is it's one of those things where it's like food um, you see something that it, it looks in, insane like ballpark food yep you see a, you, you see a ballpark come up with something that just looks stupid or the big 12 championship of food right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and it looks so stupid but at the same time you're saying i I. I got to try it got to try it only to say that you did yep so in in i think what we're talking about with this it's i'm i'm saying yeah i've got to hear it only just to say that i did (laughs) not necessarily to say that this is going to be the best thing ever but just along the lines to say okay i did
2: like turning on naked and afraid just to say (laughs) it was as bad as i (laughs) thought it was going to (laughs) be
1: Yeah, There we go. No, actually, it would have been worse. It would have been Doctor Pimple Popper. Ah, oh. uh, that would have done that for me. The uh, man, we we could we we could go in an endless rant on this. Um, we were talking earlier about the the athletic director conversation, and I think you hit on something that I, I saw in a text as well. But I think to move forward on, how do we judge whoever the athletic director is going to be? Yeah, how do we judge? Let's say, like, a governor, first 100 days. You know, a governor, a mayor, a president, they always have their agenda in their first 100 days. That's usually what we judge, what yep. we go by, um, to see if they have fulfilled their first 100 days or not. Um, are we at 100 yet with uh, with our current governor? I think we are, right? We're pretty close to it. I think so. Stadium thing it hasn't happened. All right, that's one, that's one knock on the first 100 days. Um, Certainly talked about it a bunch. Hey, talk is cheap. So is apparently the stadium. Um, oh, sorry. You got wow. He got me on a roll now. But um, what do we judge? Like, how how do we judge the first 100 days of a new athletic director, whoever it is? And is the judgment different depending on who it is, depending on their experience level?
2: Yeah, I don't know, because uh, w- with the even the handful of things that I brought up, the T.C. Ching Athletic Complex, the girls' uh, track track. and soccer complex, um, potentially bringing over the scoreboard from Aloha Stadium. Mm -hmm. All of these things were set in motion before this person ever took office. That's a good point. I don't know if it's fair to even give them credit on those things. No,
1: it's not. You can't. So – I, the o- the only way that you judge them for it is if they derail it. And it's clear that or alter they derailed it. it. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, so I I don't think that it's fair to judge them, even if we're going to judge them in a positive way for those projects because they really weren't involved with them.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely
2: right. Although they might be there at the finish line. So, to, to me, Josh, I don't know if we actually have 100 days as a marker for the new athletic director, we might just have to wait until their first official act in office, if you will. Okay. <laughs> Even though this may not be a, an, an office per se, like, like a governing role. Yeah. No, I know what you um, mean. And you certainly can't judge them off of the success of any of the coaches that are there right now because they didn't hire else. any of them. So... That, that, that's honestly a good question. Uh, it might come down to when San Diego State ultimately goes over to the Pac-12. Or the Big 12. Or the Big 12. And conference realignment smacks us right in the face. And
1: Fresno State, who's ponying up some money now and, and making it clear that, hey, look at us. Or We're if, here for you.
2: That's right. Or if the NCAA ever decided to play hardball on our Division one status. Yeah. That to me will be the first true measuring stick of this new athletic director.
1: I will um you're right, because a lot of things are very much dependent on, on other outside forces. Big time. for example, you know, stuff that has been determined previously, Board of Regents, President, you know, there, there's there's a lot of um underlying circumstances. But I will say this. Um To me, where you can judge the first 100 days is on who you bring in. If you bring in a staff of your own, who do you have by your side? Who are you trusting to delegate? Who are you trusting to handle external affairs or, 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 you know, whatever? Um, Are you bringing in an entirely new staff? Are you keeping what's around you? Like, you know, what does that look like? Because I think as an athletic director, you are ultimately also judged by your staff. Sports Center uh, here on the way. It's ESPN Honolulu. Ed Cohen with the call. Of ESPN New York 98.7 FM, 112.103. The New York Knicks over the Miami Heat. It took, as you heard Ed say, Jalen Brunson, all 48 minutes. Another guy, all 48 minutes. It was all hands on deck. Uh, in order to win at home in front of John Starks and Spike Lee, where was Stephen A. Smith, by the way, in 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 the uh, orange and blue sky? Mm. You've heard that, right? Of course, you've heard Stephen A. Smith gush about the New York Knicks when they win the orange and blue sky. It's all it's it. All of a sudden, he becomes the preacher, Stephen A. Smith. Just wait till they lose this series. He's going to be calling for firings. You know that, right? He's funny to me because
2: okay. he's such a diehard Eagles fan. <laughs> you would think he would be a Philly purist guy with the Seventy Sixers, but he kind of just chooses which team he wants to align with.
1: I think what it was—he used to work in Philadelphia, so okay. he used to before his time at ESPN. Uh, he was a columnist, I believe it was, for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Okay, and then I think moved off to New York. I don't—I don't remember if he lived in New York previously. To that. Um, but I think that's where his his experiences and his allegiances kind of shift a little bit between okay. the two teams. You hear where
2: I'm getting at, I though. I do. You know, because he's so famously has anytime the Cowboys do anything dismal. Oh, I love it. The first guy on anything on social laughing his head off with a Cowboy hat on. Yes. Um, so, yeah, to, to me, if you are that polarizing towards the Cowboys with, you know, the Eagles. I almost feel like you should then be a Seventy Sixers basketball fan too. But again, a lot of journeys, a lot of different stops on his on his uh,
1: on his uh, career. So I I don't know that that was my question. I will be honest. Every time the Cowboys lose, that's the first thing I do. I'm looking for it. Is I go on Twitter, Stephen A. Smith. It well, it's 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 kind of creepy to a degree because well, no, no, I'm sorry, that's not creepy. I apologize. The Skip Bayless ones after they win are creepy. They are cringe. Um, it is to the point where I feel like they need to be reported to Twitter because of some kind of ethical code violation. That's how cringe they are. Just like their show on on, on TV. Um, but, somehow... Stephen A's, but Stephen A. But Stephen is just funny. Yeah, he's so devoted to every time the Cowboys lose, he's in, uh, he's in his living room and he's just laughing like a maniacal man. It is great, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's why I I want the Knicks to lose this series because I want to see how he shows up on countdown the next day uh, and, and how he handles it. And by the way, the Knicks game on Friday is going to be on ESPN. There we so go. Stephen A. is going to be on pregame. He's going to be on halftime. He's going to be on postgame, and we will get the full Stephen A. reaction. Um, orange and blue skies or a thunderous night. I hope
2: Wilbon gives it to him a little bit, because Wilbon's from Chicago. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a Bulls guy. Ah, uh, I'm glad you brought up Stephen A. Smith. I, I we haven't we don't talk about him enough for, for good reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but a reminder of what we uh, what we like to see on social. By the way, uh, we'll we'll go to the Lakers Warriors game in a moment and just kind of look at that one uh, here so far. They've got 153 to go in the first half, but Nick's hanging alive or staying alive. Yeah. Uh, you know, going to Friday. My 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 concern about that is exactly what we heard from Ed Cohen. Um, they're on the call is that they needed forty-eight from Brunson, they needed forty-eight from Quentin Grimes, who, by the way, in forty-eight minutes scored just eight points. Um, they needed those two to extend themselves and, and and credit to Brunson. He was a rebound shy of a double double. He scored thirty-eight. Um that's an. You have to ask of that when you are at home facing elimination because you cannot get eliminated at home. You should not get eliminated at home, and you need to ask of guys like uh, like like Brunson to step up. But usually, when that happens, there is a downfall in the next game, right? I mean, in game six, if you if you've asked Jalen Brunson to go all 48, I worry about with only one day off and travel. I worry about what he's got um you know ready for the next game that's that's a little concerning to me
2: yeah i i heard someone say it earlier that they need all of their punches just to stay within striking distance it's it wasn't even this close josh if we we were watching the game earlier um it wasn't until garbage time when they kind of started making free throws down the stretch and right. stretched this game out in the last you know 10 seconds or so this was extremely competitive of a ball game, the entire game, um, where the Knicks are hanging on for dear life right now. I agree with you. I I just I feel like they're kind of being pushed to uh, the, the brink almost. If we're looking at a car, like they're they're overheating and needing. Uh, Needing to be taken in for some maintenance right now. So,
1: like, so, so the check. So you're saying the check engine light's been on. For it's the been last on
2: month, and they're they're <laughs> doing everything they can to make it over the poly
1: right now. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's not fun.
2: Yeah, in traffic.
1: Been there. Um, Jalen Brunson has played all but four minutes in the last two games, averaging 35 in those two games. But they have life, and um, you know that for now is um, one of the saving graces because you have to do whatever you can to have life. Uh, Speaking of having life, uh, the game going on right now, it's on our sister station, CBS 1500. They are going to halftime. It is Golden State up on the Los Angeles Lakers, 67 to, uh, excuse me, 70 to 59. Warriors ahead, facing elimination. Uh, They're seeing it here toward the end. Uh, People are watching it here at Beer Lab, at the uh, University Tap House. you were, we were talking about a little while ago while we were off the air. Warriors lead by 11, but it's not about the fact that they're up by 11. It's how they're up by 11. I mean, Draymond Green has 14 points. Um, he's actually... Seemingly looking for offense. This is something we talked about yesterday. Draymond Green gets the rebound late in the game and doesn't even turn to look to the basket. He's like, hot potato, I got to go get it out to Steph. Here he's got 14 points. You know, we were talking with Dieter Kurtenbach yesterday about Andrew Wiggins and how Wiggins has been just kind of MIA. He's leading the Warriors in scoring. He's got 16 in the first half on 6 of 10 shooting. We talked earlier in the show about how much has been on Steph Curry's plate and that he is not getting any younger and that he's definitely not 100%, and he's actually got help. And they needed that if they were going to win today, and so far he has it. Oh, uh, this this
2: to me is kind of a shocking performance from Golden State with with guys – coming out of the woodwork, if you will, with with production. I mean, Draymond, Wiggins, and even Poole. Poole's got nine off the bench right now, which you multiply that by two over the course of a game. He's going to end up close with 20 points, potentially, if he stays on this path. So they, whatever Steve Kerr spoke to them after game four, it's obviously taking. Um, Mathematically, getting 70 at halftime, I think you're looking pretty good for sewing this thing up um, in the second half. However, Lakers are only 10 behind, or uh, technically 11 right there. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting second half, Josh. I, I don't know if I can quite name a winner at this point right now, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm actually kind of surprised with Golden State coming out with the kind of fire and
1: intensity that they have. What I'm seeing from the Lakers, they just don't have enough. Um, right now. Uh, you know, LeBron's giving him 17. AD's giving him 18. Like, that's great. Yep. You know, Shooters scored 11, and he's actually been the most productive player. He's got a plus-minus of 13, which is the best on the team at the moment. Um, but outside of that, Russell, two points. Uh, he's in foul trouble. Shooters in foul trouble, by the way. He's got three. Uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Nothing. Um, two assists. <laughs> two assists. <laughs> I I think that's the difference from two nights ago yeah. is when it was the Lonnie Walker game, you know, a couple days prior to that it was it was D'Angelo Russell. You know, I don't put Schroeder in that category of being that one off hero because Schroeder's supposed to be someone who gives you some scoring. That's right. Um, you know, in, in you a, something. Right. So I expect that from him. I don't expect it from Vanderbilt, I don't expect it from um, Walker and, but I expect it from Russell, and I think that's one of the differences right now. But it, it is it is 11 points. Um, I see the turnover number for the Lakers is uh, is a little bit high to me. It's at uh, it's at eight to six, mm. and you know Golden State's heavy reliance on their five starters right now is uh, is, is very important. By the way, Kevon Looney, uh, five rebounds, a steal, and a block in 12 minutes, trying to do some of the things that don't involve scoring, which he can be pretty good at. Uh, so Looney's involved. That second half uh going to come up in a little bit. You can hear that on CBS 1500. Uh, game 6, if it's necessary, is on Friday. Mm. Uh, game 7, if it's necessary, is going to be Sunday, 9.30 uh, a.m. And if that's the case, we'll have it right here uh, on ESPN Honolulu. Athletic director conversation, we've, we've had it here and there. Uh, some techs have been flying in on it. We'll get back to those coming up here in just a little bit. Right now, a look at traffic as you're off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. I was not expecting this. Not to say that I don't like uh, Rick Astley in my life. But frankly... The cheesiest music video of all time came from this song. The cheesiest dancing of all time just happened across the table from me. I I, I endorse the song. That dancing's
2: gotten me scholarships in the past.
1: <laughs> that's a good point. It's very true. <laughs> oh, that's Hunter Hughes, a scholarship winner at a WWE live event. <laughs> I'm Josh Pacheco. Did not win a scholarship or dance with the new day. Uh, it is off the bench. You're on ESPN Honolulu. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a claim to fame that you do. I don't think I was at that WWE live event either. Mm. I would. I. I've been to like two that have come here to Hawaii. I wish I was at that one. I wish I could have seen. That's it. one WWE
2: thing I have over you, I guess.
1: I also love, by the way, how full circle it is that you grew up with a dad uh, that would not let you watch wrestling. That's right. To all of a sudden getting a scholarship at wrestling at WWE. That is that is just wholesome content. It is, uh, and of all of all people, I was today. destined for the ring one way or another. <laughs> but see what what needed what needed to, <laughs> what needed to happen. You needed to take a bump, is what you needed to do. <laughs> you know, you needed to run the ropes, and then uh, true story. When I got called
2: down there and jumped into the ring, my feet got caught on the the ropes. I got so much crap from the from the boys on the team for that. Because okay. I dove in full speed and got caught on the ropes. Were you supposed to go in full speed? Is I mean, that the challenge? Well, they they are calling me down into the the wrestling now, room. Now, where
1: were you sitting?
2: We were on the floor level, but back by one of the walls at the Blaisdell. Okay. And so there was a solid 30, 40 yards of walk-up space from where we were sitting to the ring uh-huh. and I mean they're they're calling for me to come into the ring man I I ran at yeah. the ring just like a, a wrestler would do and got caught in the
1: got caught in the uh on the ropes see what you almost did um, and this is several years later. Yep. There is an event. Um, it's called Royal Rumble. Okay. Do you know Royal Rumble? I know about. I've heard the name before. I don't okay. know what it is. I, I, I have to remind myself. You did not watch wrestling when you That's were. That's right. Here. So the Royal Rumble is an. It's a. It's a premiere live event. It used to be called pay per views, and it's a thirty man event. It starts with two people, and then every X amount of time, a new person runs in and, and goes into the ring, and it goes until one person is left standing. And they come in at like a couple minute intervals here and there. And so at the disadvantage
2: the, to the person who's there at
1: the beginning. At right? number one, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the um, one of the individuals, I think this was two years ago. Uh, his name is Titus O'Neil. Okay. He doesn't really wrestle anymore. He's now an ambassador. There's a good reason for it. So his entrance comes on, he's running down the ramp to go into the ring for the Royal Rumble. And he trips. At the end of the ramp. Oh, uh. Not so not it's worse than yours because you nearly tripped going on on the ropes going in. I've never and I'd never done it before. He's this guy's done it before. Yeah. He this is a veteran and he is literally going three quarters to full speed down the ramp and at the end of the ramp plan. that was not supposed to happen and I think he ended up going under the ring for a minute just to gather himself and then came back and and you know got back into what he the was Plane never got off do. the runway did it no it did not no it did not so as embarrassing as that might have felt for you oh yeah a professional's been worse if that makes you feel any better I love that tangent we
2: just went on <laughs> off of my uh "Quote unquote cheesy dance moves."
1: No, but you see, this is this is there where we, we can we can play off of experience. I like, I, it. I, I, if I don't have the experience, you do, and I can play off of your experience. Uh, I can also play off the fact that you weren't allowed to watch wrestling That's as a true. kid, <laughs> um, which which is honestly, it's funny. We have different, um, very different upbringings. My what I watched more wrestling when I was a kid, when um, as compared to now. I just don't have time. Um... My dad, one of the things that he and I—I don't know if we bonded over—but we we would watch wrestling. WW well, you can't call it WWF anymore because there is a lawsuit over, and that's the world. But that's what it was. It was Um, Superstars. I think it was Saturday or Sunday mornings. Must have been Sundays. He was always working on Saturdays. But we would sit down in front of the TV and watch Superstars, and that was where I got into it because he watched it and I watched it with him. It's funny because later in life he stopped watching it and I was the one that kept watching it and he was like, eh, not really into it uh, and probably didn't remember half of him watching it with me anyway. Um, but uh, um, that was kind of my introduction to it. And then, I mean, now I just kind of watch it occasionally when I have time, but there's so many ways to, to take it in. There was actually a story. I was, I was I, this is a complete... Sideshow where we were going to go. There was a story on a podcast. Um, uh, you know. Uh, uh, a woman was getting married. But the backstory to it was. Wrestling was the thing that kept her together when she lost, I think, her father and her mother. Wow. Wrestling kept her sane. And... It was it was the the one like regular thing for her, and she went to this like talk story event with a couple of people who had been in the business for a long time, and she shared she shared her story uh, on a microphone in front of everybody, and then not long after that, she sent an email to one of those people who were there, the the, the wife, because she didn't have the guy's email, and said, um, "I'm getting married. Would you walk me down the aisle?" And so and and, and to, the guys, sorry to a wrestler. Yeah, the guy, okay. and he's not really a wrestler. He's more okay. like a behind-the-scenes guy, but had an on-screen character. His name's gotcha. Eric, Eric Bischoff is Eric, his name. Okay, gotcha. And so emailed his wife, continued the story, and said, it would mean the world to me if, because she doesn't have a dad, that's yeah. dad's not alive, if you would walk me down the aisle. And he said yes. That's awesome. Went to her wedding, walked her down the aisle at her wedding. Man. While wearing an NWO hat. By the way, NWO... Real popular. is called New World Order. New World Order. Yeah. Go. Well, you can go. The, the, Google the, that. the wrestling group. Yes. Um. Th- I'm a fan
2: of sports. Period. Now, some would say this isn't sports. It's scripted. Sports it's entertainment fake. is what they call entertainment. It. Okay. Now, you watch it, Josh. Now, I'm I'm very late to the party, but I go back and watch some of the old like highlights. Yeah. The crowds are going crazy. Yep. They're going crazy. Yep. To to get that level of engagement in organized sports, you would need Auburn returning the kick against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. <laughs> right. Losing their minds. Yep. I I could not believe the level of excitement that you got from um, people watching it live, and also I'm sure pay per view too. People just going crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, it's awesome. You would need UH going undefeated to end a regular season before going to a Sugar Bowl at home level That's right. of excitement. Sands the people rushing the field, obviously. There but we go. You would, you would need a little bit of that. And, and, you know, for all the people that are like, oh, it's scripted. Yeah, they know. And they're still excited about it. That's right. It doesn't uh, matter. Text her from the 295. 50th State Wrestling called it the Battle royal. Yeah, I mean it's it's I guess it's kind of like that, but it's just this is a better name. Royal Rumble is a better name than Battle Royal, I guess. Uh, traffic coming up here. We'll update Lakers Warriors. They're back for the second half. Warriors are ahead. Uh, we'll follow that as well. We'll get back to the AD conversation. Uh, that's in a bit. It's off the bench. TSPN Honolulu. This is what I was looking for. I was looking for this. See, the music thing that we were talking about earlier—it's one of the, the cool things about traveling. The last couple of weeks, as we have, or as I have, I guess. Well, uh, Tip Wells is here; he would know too. You go to different ballparks, and um, they have different um, batting practice music. Mm. So this was one. I think this was in. Uh, oh boy, where was this? Either Riverside or Irvine—I I don't remember where I was at any point in time. But during UH batting practice, you'd have different kind of music as compared to when the home team would be hitting, which is a little bit different because at UH the batting practice music is about the same for everybody. They don't—they yeah. don't change it. But some places, um, you know, a little gamesmanship, right? You'll have the real hype music for the home team, and then uh, for the visiting team, you'll get stuff like Whitney Houston. Yeah, and. Um, You'll get some 80s stuff. There was... Um, Celine Dion. Uh, they didn't go that far. <laughs> you, you, still, you, you still have to have fan engagement of some kind. Um, one of my favorite ones was If I Had a Million Dollars from Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. Which is a great song. So I, I took some photos every once in a while. That one was at Riverside. Okay. They did the complete flip over on batting practice music, which was great. Uh, I think this one was at UC Irvine. So at UC Irvine, it seemed like they had themed batting practice music for different days. So I think that was on a day. I mean, it was Saturday. Saturday night, sorry, for fighting. So Saturday had a pretty good, like, 80s rock playlist, it seemed. Yep. And that was part of it. And I, I don't remember what Sunday was. It was it was forgettable, frankly. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. It, I, I would like to see. I don't know. I, I know there are people here that, that may care or not. I would like to see a little bit of that gamesmanship that, hey, when the opposing team has their batting practice, and I have to I, – I, 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 don't, I don't care if I say it now because UC Davis's flight got delayed, so they're not going to get in here till tomorrow. So they're not going to hear anything I'm saying. And I only know that because I talked to the coach before the show, and he said they were supposed to leave around midday today. Flight got delayed, so they're leaving tonight. There's an advantage for UH. UC Davis doesn't get in until the morning of the game. Um, but I'd love to see, like, a different playlist. We were, we were joking about music yesterday, Right. Yeah. about um, you and 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 Liz being Swifties yeah <laughs> I don't know if I go as far as calling myself a Swifty but I can at least tolerate her sorry there is there is just something that just formed in my throat that I just can't I can't shake after saying that word Swifty uh, uh, yeah <laughs> um, you know so so when Hawaii's having batting practice you go ahead and you you pull out the full-blown um, Hawaii batting practice playlist yeah and then when UC Davis goes and has its version of batting practice, you play a Taylor Swift album. Yep. That is home field advantage. I don't mind that. Yeah. I think that's fun. Yeah. Have, have fun with your experience.
2: For, for your team, if you want the guys to get going, generally speaking, if you put on some 70s, 80s classic rock that's very visceral, mm-hmm. led with – bass and uh, a lot of drums and then some, some lead electric guitar. You want to hit baseballs
1: listening to that. But you see the, the baseball player now doesn't want that. They don't they don't want the visceral seventies, eighties rock. They want the hip hop, yep. the, the high end hip hop, um they want the occasional upbeat reggae song in there. Okay. Um that's that's what they want, and and I hear it across the board. Every once in a while, I hear a Kanye song thrown in there too. I thought we canceled him. Some Drake. But, uh, uh, yeah, there's some there's some Drake in there too. Okay. But yeah, I I if if it were 15, 20 years ago, that baseball player probably wants his uh his uh Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, probably wants some Green Day in some there. AC/DC. And throw in some Metallica. Okay. Yeah. And and you've got really good home batting practice music. That's uh that that's, what, that's no, n- now that we're on the topic, Josh, okay? <laughs> We've diverted again. We've diverted this, again. This show should be renamed the diversion, D- diversion. with Hunter Hughes and Josh Paschetti, uh, because okay that's with what we that. do. If you
2: had one walkout song, okay? You're headed to the plate, it's bottom of the ninth. We need you to get a hit. What's your walkout song, Josh?
1: First off, you're not getting a hit off of the bat from me. You're getting, you're getting a strikeout of three pitches is see, what you're yeah, getting that, That's me. already
2: the, the wrong mentality. <laughs> that's why we need a solid song here I, see, to get you out of your funk. If, if they were to use me, they'd use me as a pinch runner at third. You can still take one for the team, Bubba. They,
1: they'd have me pinch running for the catcher. There we because go. Because it's not like I'm much faster, so they wouldn't be having me pinch it. Well,
2: what would get you hyped to wear one for the team?
1: Oh, man, I would, um, I, I I would go, uh, um, gosh, I had the name of the song in my head. Um, I can't remember it. Nirvana's Come As You Are. Ooh. I see. I think of songs when I'm on the road. I have kind of a, 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 an alt-rock playlist okay. that I have on um, on my phone. I, I put my iPhone into the uh, to the phone, use CarPlay, just uh-huh. let that roll. I don't really listen to the Is that your stay-awake playlist? Uh, depending what time it is. Exactly. I, have, I yep. haven't had four-hour drives in a while, so uh-huh. I haven't had a, a, a need to worry about staying awake on a drive. Yep. Um, but, yeah, usually it's alt-rock, and there is some old stuff. There is some Nirvana in there. There is some... Um, Harvey Danger, that is in there. Foo Fighters, the Chili's are yep. usually in there. Um, you, you gotta have that, and I think you gotta have some some recent stuff too. Coldplay uh, is also a good balance. Okay, I have a Coldplay playlist, and I do recall uh, having a back and forth with uh, our good friend Ian Shearing, who uh, yep. who works in the mayor's office. June thirtieth, Rail. Big Ian. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I remember having a back and forth with him on on who's better, Coldplay or Jay-Z. Tough to get better than Fix You by Coldplay. Love yeah. that song. Fix You's good. Um, there are better. The most recent one that they had with BTS is pretty good. Okay. But, um, yeah, he was very much Team Jay-Z and I was team very I was very much Team Coldplay. And, uh, and that nearly blew up to become a, a Twitter... Argument that could have ended friendships.
2: That's a unique comparison that I I don't even know if a poll is worthy for that. That's two very different styles right there, but unique.
1: You know, speaking of polls, yeah. I, I meant to do this a while ago, um, but I feel you know we 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 do talk about sports, but I do think we talk a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of life. That's that's what we do. Uh huh. Um. Rail. <laughs>
2: June thirtieth. Let's go, baby. Are you going to ride it? Of course I'm riding it. <laughs> now, not Not for the functional sense, Josh. Not to actually go somewhere, not to avoid traffic. I'm going to ride the rail to ride the rail. Just to say you did. That's right. <laughs> I want to see how fast it goes. I'm literally going to go on there with, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe a beverage of choice if uh, no one stops oh, I me. Could, I couldn't do that. And no. uh, you know, ride it till it stops, and then get on the
1: the other one and ride it all the way back. I was worried that you were going to say you're going to ride it till the wheels fall off. Ooh, I was going to say, please do not say that prior to June 30th. No. Um. Hopefully,
2: they're going through all that that <laughs> testing right now so that they don't fall
1: off. Um.
2: The state deserves a rail that the rail that the, uh, the 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 the, wheels the do rail not that fall the off. whale the whale that the rails, that the the wheels.
1: You know, I would say that I would ride it just to say that I rode it. Uh huh. But what what makes that any different than riding the uh, riding that monorail there at um, uh, Henry Harry Reid International Airport in Vegas to get from the terminal to baggage claim? What makes that any different? And, and Tiff knows this; he's sitting next to us because he goes airport hopping all the time. And yeah. how often do you have to go from terminal to baggage claim? Uh, and sometimes that is on rail uh Dallas Fort Worth I'm looking at you um, Pearl Ridge <laughs> I mean from Phoenix bottom to top oh, yeah. yep. it does have one too yeah uh, I haven't been to Phoenix in, in, a, in a little while um if I want the rail experience tell me how that's gonna be different than flying. At the uh, Harry Reid International Airport, where I really got stupid almost and didn't hold on to the uh, railing when it was packed and nearly fell down. Oh yeah, tell me what's going to be different. Stay woke, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> we better we better put that up on the uh, on the text line at uh, at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Are you riding the rail when it opens up on June thirtieth for I, the I'm, limited route that it's going to have?
2: I'm not going to be lining up at midnight the night before or anything like that but uh, I'll I'll ride the rail and just see see what happens. I've been
1: reminded of uh I've been reminded of the rail at the Hilton waikaloa Village. Ooh. That it's been a while. Thank you, Tiff. It's been a while since I've been to the Hilton Waikoloa Village. Yeah. Dolphin days. I don't know if anybody remembers Dolphin Days. Uh, there are two things about Hilton Waikoloa Village that I loved about that place. Dolphin Days was big. Um, you know, Some radio stations were up here. Their morning shows would go down to the Big Island. Some of our morning shows, and I worked on the Big Island, would go down there. That's how I met the Raiders cheerleaders, the Raiderettes. Well done. You'd have celebrities come down. We'd get to interview them. The Raiderettes were, were some of them. Yeah, got a picture, of course. I had to. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about the Hilton Waikoloa, Wheel of Fortune tapings. Oh, that's cool. Yes, um, we made a couple of trips out because we got our our radio station was partnering with Wheel of Fortune, so we got some free tickets to to go through and get vetted, and you you'd watch a couple of episodes at the, at a time. Um, you have no idea, and this is at the Hilton White Galoa, So there's the water in the background. Did and you see Vanna? Oh yeah, she was there. She yeah. was there. So was Pat. You know, because right. you can't have Wheel of Fortune without Pat and Vanna. That's right. Um, when unfortunately, Joe Moore didn't make it down because they're, they're good friends. Okay. Joe Joe can come down and do the news from the Hilton Kalola. It sometimes takes a little – I can remember this. It, this was a while ago. But they tell you before the, the episode tapes. I mean, first off, you've got to, like, clap and, yep. and everything. And I'm not the person that is going to sit there and look cheery and clap like my life depends on it. Because they want you to, they want you to smile and have this, you know, big facial expression and, and look clap. Really excited, exactly. Yeah. Because you might be on camera, um, and they say to you, when you do it, um, they don't want to have to edit that part out at the end, uh, because that's part of that is the the outro that rolls under the credits. That's right. So they're very high on making sure that um, you are clapping and you are enthusiastic. If you know me, I do not like to clap and be enthusiastic. I just like to sit there and watch. I'm not a big, you know, rah-rah guy. So that's, that's one. Okay. I am also competitive. And part of me, as I'm watching these puzzles being, you know, undone here at, at, at these Wheel of Fortune tapings, yeah. they also tell you before the show, do not blurt out anything. Then they're gonna have to throw out the puzzle, and they're gonna have to do it all over again. And fortunately, no one did. But sometimes, you know, because when you watch it on TV, you're you're yell I, I yell it out in front of the TV. Blah 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 blah. Yep. And sometimes, if I'm if I'm sitting down and watching Wheel of Fortune next to my wife, gosh, I sound old. When I'm watching Wheel of Fortune next to my wife, I'll try to see if I can blurt it out faster than she does. Yep. Man, that makes me sound so ancient. No, but I, when I was young, um, after dinner, my grandparents liked watching Wheel of Fortune, so okay. I watched it with, with my grandparents. So That was what we watched if you were home sick. That was what was on TV. Oh, not The Price is Right? No. Okay. For so, us, it was Wheel of Fortune. So being competitive, you have no idea sometimes how hard it is to not feel like you need to blurt out the answer when you know it. You feel like you have to bite your tongue because you know the answer, but you don't want to be the guy that gets thrown out of the audience and they have to redo the, redo the question because you blurted it out because you're so darn competitive.
2: Totally. Well, think about it from the actual competitor's standpoint, too. You blurt that out and
1: they were doing well? <laughs> I'd be pissed. <laughs> Fun fact, by the way, uh, Hawaii County's Mayor Mitch Roth yeah. was a contestant on the on uh, on Wheel of Fortune oh, wow. on one of those Big Island tapings. Made it to the uh, to the to the to the um, final puzzle. I wow. think he won too, if I'm not mistaken. Good for him. Yeah, well, you don't see that all that often. No. Uh, Walk up songs. We got a, a a decent amount of texts on that. Love it. Uh, texter from the 398 Drowning Pool. Bodies hit the floor. Ooh, it's a good one. Uh, wrestling oh. comes to mind on that, but again, you wouldn't know because you weren't allowed. Yeah. Uh, Led Zeppelin's "Cashmere" co- uh "Texture" from the 815, Classic. and uh, from the 392, Evanescence's uh, "Bring Me to Life" mm. is one of those. And uh, one more on um, uh, home field advantage with music. Thomas is, is following along the lines. Remember when I said if you want a home field advantage, play oh, yeah. all your hype music for the home team and have the visiting team, you know, hit batting practice to Taylor Swift songs. Yep. Um, Rolo used to tamper with that a little bit. Oh, did he really? He would.
2: Yeah. What did he do? Uh, would do all the slow reggae for whenever the opposing team would come on the field. <laughs> yeah.
1: Text from the two, uh, Thomas, if you really want a home field advantage, play early 2010's Justin Bieber during <laughs> the opposing team's <laughs> yeah. batting practice. That might, hey, that, that might get him angry. It could. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, We'll check on traffic here in a moment. Uh, Extra innings with Rich Hills coming up in a little bit. Rich is wearing pink, or is that salmon? Pink or salmon? Takes a bold man to wear pink. Which pink? Proud Proud pink. There you go. There you go. That's what it is. Proud brada. More on that somewhere within the show. Extra innings is coming up in 14 minutes. First traffic, it's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, extra innings with Hawaii head coach Rich Hill. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about the road trip. We'll also talk about um, life on the road for two weeks um, and and how you keep it from being monotonous. Some of the highs, some of the lows, uh, what that's like. I mean, football really doesn't have that. Rarely, yeah. There's there are sometimes I think if you're on the East Coast or you know if you're east of the Mississippi, yeah. There was a time
2: my sophomore year
1: where we
2: played Ohio State and Wisconsin Madison on consecutive weeks, mm-hmm. and we uh, they stayed. They oh, stayed yeah, on sense. the mainland. That makes sense. And so that 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 was the the most that I can recall. Um, rarely will we have to do that in conference. Yeah,
1: because it's only one game, whereas baseball is multiple games. Eight. With midweek games in there, too. That's a lot. Yeah. Earlier in the show, uh, we were talking about the athletic director conversation. Boy, we're 30 minutes late getting on this. Um, But we were talking about the AD conversation because we learned a a little bit more about it. Um, This is a good text, and this is along the lines of what we were talking about earlier um, with how you judge a new athletic director in their first 100 days. We'll go somewhere different text her from the 258, what will be the AD's first priorities? So to you, what would, what, let's let's not do priorities, let's do one. Okay. First priority for whoever the new athletic director is. Um, honestly, Josh, I think
2: if it were me, I'd be looking at the scoreboard. As much as we kind of joke about it, that could be something they could physically put their thumbprint on as I had something to do with getting this thing accomplished on time. Okay. So, to me that's something that I'm looking at immediately right now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I think my first priority is first thing I'm going to do when I get the job outside of the obvious stuff, meet with your staff, meet with the coaches, yep. you know, do some of that stuff, within the first five days... I am setting up meetings with those on the Senate Committee on Higher Education, mm. and I'm going to try to make uh, I, I'm going to try to go in there and have discussions and talk to them, because at the end of the day, you got to kind of soften them up a little bit, whoever whoever this athletic director is, and I can I can tell you I think for some of them, you know they some of those individuals on that committee depending on who it is, they're going to go in with walls up already. And you got to butter them up a little bit because ultimately you're going to need to go to them to help you get your way. Funding for anything. For example, with baseball, you need funding for a new turf. Um, they want to keep fundraising and trying to get that, you know, that replacement to the batting cages down yeah. the left field line to make that a performance center. Part of the turf thing is needing funding from the legislature. Because that's how this process goes. So you're going in there to build some relationships. Yes. Yep. You made a good point on this, and that's and that's why I go this route. Because there's not much I think you can do to mess up progress. Because part of the progress includes what you're, you know, you're just continuing what's already being done, right? Mm. Just don't do anything to stall it like what's been done with the, um, you know, with, with the stadium, with, yep. with the governor. Yep. But – Continue what you're doing, or continue what has been done before you. If you don't work to make those relationships, you're not going to succeed. You're going to come off like a know-it-all. You're going to come off like, "Hey, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to. Um, I, I don't. I don't need to be any better. I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, going to make this happen. I don't need their help." And you're going to find that your job is going to be made really tough.
2: Yeah, you're much more likely to do business with your friends, Josh. If you go over there and you try the bulldog route and they
1: don't like you, it ain't going to work out here. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's the first thing. The next question, I think, then becomes how do you judge that AD? Yeah. We talked about it. Right? I remember you, you brought up the, the, the scoreboard. I have brought up internal hires. Who do you have around you? The next one is going to be when you've got to make that first hire of an important coaching position. Whether it is football or basketball or whatever position it is, yeah. that you will be you will be graded harshly, one way or the other, on that particular hire, um, and that and that's going to make a world of difference. So, I, I think it, thankfully it, it, for whoever sorry to interrupt no, go, you, go ahead.
2: thankfully for whoever this new athletic director is, at least on our higher profile sports. I can't see us needing a new hire in
1: the in the near future. That's a good point. Hunter, we'll talk tomorrow after NBA playoff action extra innings with Rich Hill is coming up next. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu.